So what family traditions do you have at Christmas? All families have traditions, even if they are very minimal. There are ways we decorate the house, the way we exchange gifts, the way we prepare menus, the comings and the goings of families often fall into patterns. And some of those patterns change as the children go grow older and, and leave the nests. And, and some patterns, well, if you try and change the custom, there'll be trouble in the house. Now, for a number of people, one tradition, and certainly a tradition we have in our family, is to watch a movie, a particular movie. There's two or three that we watch, but our adult children, they insist that we watch Home Alone. And we used to watch it when they were younger, and now that they're in their 20s or even 30s, they, we still gather around to watch this rather crazy movie. Are you familiar with the the movie? Yeah, most, most of you are, if you've got children or grandchildren. Now, in this movie, the youngest Kevin gets left behind as the extended family take a chaotic trip to Europe. So it's not like they can turn around and come back because they don't realise he's missing until they are well into the flight. So Kevin gets left behind. Now, unbeknown to the family, two robbers, the wet bandits, have staked out the house beforehand and are expecting it to be empty. They expect to be able to burgle this empty home. And so the adventure begins. Now, there's a bit of a movie, a sort of a side story that involves the interaction between Kevin and his mysterious neighbour, called Old Man Marley. Now, I'm going to show a couple of video clips. This first video clip sets the scene with the relationship between Kevin, who's the youngest, and Old Man Marley. Check it out, Old Man Marley. Who is he? You ever heard of South Bend Shovel Slayer? No. That's him. Back in 58... Murdered his whole family and half the people on his block with the snow shovel. Been hiding out in this neighborhood ever since. Well, if he's a shovel slayer, how come the cops don't arrest him? Not enough evidence to convict. They never found the bodies. But everyone around here knows he did it. Now it'll just be a matter of time before he does it again. What's he doing now? walks up and down the streets every night, salting the sidewalks. Maybe he's just trying to be nice. No way. See that garbage can full of salt? That's where he keeps his victims. The salt turns the bodies into mummies. So that's setting the scene. Now what happens is that as Kevin's left behind, he goes out on Christmas Eve to get supplies from the local shop. And on the way home, he passes the church that's just on the corner from their place, and he hears the choir practicing for the midnight service. So feeling a little bit alone and wanting a bit of company, he goes into the church to slip at the back to hear the choir practicing. And this is when he meets... Merry Christmas. 
May I sit down? That's my granddaughter up there. The little red-haired girl. She's about your age. You know her? No. You live next to me, don't you? You can say hello when you see me. You don't have to be afraid. There's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. Okay? Been a good boy this year? I think so. You swear to it? No. Yeah, I had a feeling. Well, this is the place to be if you're feeling bad about yourself. It is? I think so. Are you feeling bad about yourself? No. I've been kind of a pain lately. I said some things I shouldn't have. I really haven't been too good this year. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that? I think so. How you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Especially with an older brother. Deep down, you always love him. But you can forget that you love him. And you can hurt them and they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young. You want to know the real reason why I'm here right now? Sure. I came to hear my granddaughter sing. And I can't come and hear her tonight. You have plans? No. I'm not welcome. At church? Oh, you're always welcome at church. I'm not welcome with my son. Years back, before you and your family moved on the block, I had an argument with my son. How old is he? Well, he's grown up. He lost our tempers. And I said I didn't care to see him anymore. He said the same. We haven't spoken to each other since. If you miss him, why don't you call him? I'm afraid if I call him, he won't talk to me. How do you know? I don't know. I'm just afraid he won't. No offense, but aren't you a little old to be afraid? You can be a little old for a lot of things. You're never too old to be afraid. That's true. I've always been afraid of our basement. It's dark, there's weird stuff down there, and it smells funny, that sort of thing. It's bothered me for years. The basements are like that. Then I made myself go down there to do some laundry, and I found out it's not so bad. All this time I've been worrying about it, but if you turn on the lights, it's no big deal. What's your point? My point is you should call your son. What if he won't talk to me? At least you'll know. Then you can stop worrying about it. And you won't have to be afraid anymore. I don't care how mad I was. I talked to my dad. Especially around the holidays. I don't know. Just give it a shot. For your granddaughter anyway. I'm sure she misses you. And the presents. I sent her a check. Wish my grandparents said that. They always send me clothes. Last year I got a sweater with a big burr knitted on it. Oh, that's nice. Not for a guy in the second grade. You can get beat up for wearing something like that. Oh? Yeah. I have a friend who got nailed because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. You better run along home where you belong. You think about what I said, all right? Okay.
It's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. Lovely exchange, wasn't it? There's a lot happening there. Nice to see a Hollywood movie put the church in a in a nice light too. You notice that they'll be Marley's seat that people are always welcome at church and that if you're feeling a bit miserable, then a church is a good place to be. It's always nice. Very rare do you get that sort of positive input from a Hollywood movie. But the point I picked up on this as I watched it for the umpteen dozen time was the lovely connection here with the Christian faith. And that's with old man Marley being encouraged by Kevin to take the first step. And of course, that's how the movie plays out. Old man Marley does go home and calls his son. And here's the connection I want to make with the Christian faith. You see, the default for every person sitting in this room, the default for every person ever born, is that we are estranged from God. Like old man Marley and his adult son, our relationship is broken, and this makes God very sad. However, the good news of the gospel is that, like old man Marley, our Heavenly Father takes the first step, a powerful step, a costly step, to reconcile us to him. Now we see this all through the Bible, and especially the New Testament, but I want to pick up a few verses in Galatians, the verses that were read out just before. And we see this here in Galatians chapter 4 from verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a son, or a do- you're no longer a slave, but you are a son and daughter. Lots happening in these verses, isn't it? Tremendous. The whole gospel packed into three sentences. Five things I want to briefly go over that describe how God, like old man Marley, made the first step in reconciling us to him. So let's pick up on the first phrase, when the time had fully come. So what time is this? Well, way back in the beginning, when there was just Adam and Eve, everything was good, very good, all the time, at every moment. That is until Adam and Eve listened to the lies of the devil and took what they shouldn't. They took the special fruit. And that's when bad things started to happen. And of all these bad things, the worst was that we were cut off from our Heavenly Father. But even back then, God had a plan to put things right. Now, God didn't need a prompt. Unlike old man Marley in the movie who was prompted by Kevin, God did not need to be prompted by us or by any heavenly angels or anything like that. From the get-go, God had a plan, a wonderfully big plan, so that when the time had fully come, he could reconcile us to him. And that time fully came on that first Christmas. So what's this plan? What's this big, bold, grand plan that God had for us? Well, the second phrase I want to pick up is God sent his son. I mean, that's the plan. Imagine that, God the Father taking the initiative so that we would not be cut off from his love, that we would be reconciled, and so he sent what was most precious to him, his one and only son. 
But you think, well, how could this be? For the Bible tells us that God is spirit. The Bible says that God is light, that God is love, and that God is a consuming fire. How could God's Son come? Well, this brings us to the third point from this passage. The third part of the plan, God sent his Son, born of a woman. Born of a woman. You see, God's own Son came not as an overwhelming supernatural being, not like the mightiest of mighty angels, but was born of a woman, was born of Mary. God's own son emptied himself of all his glory and came in human form. And so on one hand, he was a baby, indistinguishable for any other baby, but on the other hand, he was fully God. And because Jesus was just this, fully man and fully God, he was able to accomplish his father's plan, the plan that was set in motion way back when Adam and Eve got into trouble. But what was the plan? What was God's plan for us? Well, this is the fourth thing from this paragraph. His plan was to redeem, to redeem those under the law. Now, what does the word redeem mean? Well, putting it simply, it means rescue from slavery. In the Bible days, slaves were common. They were a commodity that were bought and sold. Think of modern-day cars. How much does a modern-day car cost in relative terms? And cars are bought and sold. Well, slaves are very similar. Similar in cost in relative terms and being bought and sold. And here's the thing. If a family member or someone you cared for was a slave, you could buy them and then set them free. And that was called redeeming. Say your brother got into financial trouble and had to sell himself as a slavery and you found out, you saved out enough money and then you'd go to the slave owner and say, I want to buy your slave. So you would buy your brother back and then you would set him free. And that's what redeem means. And here's the point. One of the consequences of Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden is that we became slaves. We became slaves to sin. Uh, so much so that Adam's oldest boy, Adam and Eve's oldest boy, Cain, murdered Abel. Imagine that. Just one generation. And since then, all people have been enslaved to sin with no hope of freeing ourselves until the time had fully come. And God sent his son, his only son, born of a woman, to free us from sin and death. See, this is the joyful news that was announced by the angels to the shepherds on that first Christmas. This is the great and the good news of the gospel. But you know it gets even better than this because of the last point I want to make from this, from this paragraph from Galatians chapter 4 is this point here. You are no longer a slave but a son and a daughter. So not only were we set free but we are adopted as daughters and sons into the family of God. Now, God could have released us from our slavery and then set us free and said, well, you know, good luck, keep your nose clean, stay out of trouble. It's a bit like last night when Judy came home walking the dog, there was a tiny wee bird that was sitting in the middle of our drive and it couldn't fly. It had a few feathers, but not a lot and was, you know, chirping. 
And so to, so Judy picked it up and then put it back into the hedge where it had come from and then walked away. Now, God could have done that with us. He could have picked us up and then just put us in the hedge or on our way and then le- and left it to us, you know, left us to it in the hope that the mum would come in this particular case with the bird. But God didn't just do that. What God did is he set us free and then he opened his arms and said, welcome to the family. Isn't that amazing? Welcome to the family. And this is the invitation extended to everyone. But unfortunately, not everyone takes up the invitation. Sadly, many people reject Jesus at Christmas and they reject Jesus at all other times as well. Oh yes, many people in New Zealand, many love the season. They love the exchanging of the gifts. They love the family get-togethers. They love the summer holidays and the food. But they're not all interested in Jesus. Not at all. Don't want to know. And if they do, it's just a wee baby and everybody loves babies. It isn't that cute. So many people love Christmas, but most people are not interested in Jesus. And the Bible puts it very well in the Gospel of John and describes it like this. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 10. He, that's Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So every Christmas where we have this wonderful focus on Jesus, most of the world do not recognize who Jesus is. The creator of the universe became a little baby to set us free from slavery. Most people miss it. However, verse 12 tells us of this wonderful invitation. Verse 12, Yet to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, welcomed into the family. And so we all have a choice this morning. And it's a choice like, Old man Marley's son, when his dad contacted him on that first Christmas and said, can we talk, the son could have said no. The son could have said, no, I don't want to talk to you, and hung up the phone. And do you know, father and son would still be estranged. But because old man Marley made the first step, and because the son said yes, they were reconciled. And the granddad got to visit not only his son but his granddaughter and daughter-in-law they were reconciled and it's the same with us God has made the first move he sent Jesus who by the cross has rescued us from slavery and invited us into his family God has made the first move and I pray that each of us will say yes let's pray Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that, like old man Marley, you made the first step. That while we were still powerless, while we were still lost and ungodly, you reached out with this wonderful love of your Son. We're so grateful. Help us not to take it for granted, Lord. Help us to say yes and keep saying yes to your great love. Give us courage to share your good news with those around us. May we celebrate you in truth and with all our hearts this Christmas and every day after. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.